Just one thing before we start the show. The This will be the last week for the listener survey. So if you want to head over to theboardgameworkshop.com and in the show notes find the link to the survey. Just five questions about what you like about the show, what you don't like, what you want to see in the future. Get your answers in by April 25th and you can be entered to win a copy of Battlestar Galactica. All right, on to the show. Welcome to the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson, and I am here with Dr. Wix. Hello. Bez, the eponymous Bez of Stuff by Bez. Hello. And Miller. Hello. Today we'll be talking about simultaneous action selection. Uh, there's been a bit of discussion beforehand about what this actually is, but we felt that it would be best to hold it for the show and try to work out a definition so you can all hear. So let me start off. I think simultaneous action selection is any time that all players are choosing actions, not necessarily at the exact same time, but everyone chooses actions before those actions are revealed to anyone else. Race of the Galaxy would be my go-to example where everyone chooses the card for the action they want that round, and then everyone reveals at the same time, so no one has any information about what someone else is going to do before choosing their action. Does anyone have anything to add or dispute about that? Um, I thought that um, Tifa's action where you have simultaneous action selection, but then the revelation of the actions isn't actually simultaneous is a notable example. So there you've got um, everyone choosing what to do, but then it actually goes around the circle. And I think that thereby it can actually add a bit of drama. And obviously, functionally, it's pretty much identical, but maybe it's worth thinking about that and also drafting where you might keep it hidden and not actually reveal what you do for the entire draft of in magic the gathering free booster drafts for example that's that's an interesting point because like the the action selection is still simultaneous but the the delayed reveal affects how you can use your action depending on what options you have later on if any sometimes you choose the action and you're stuck into it other times like with, again, Race for the Galaxy, I'm going to keep going back to it, it's stuck in my head. But you choose the action, but then later on when you resolve the action, you could choose to skip it, you could choose to play a different card, and lots of things could change before then. So there, there is some difference there, I think. Well, and it really plays on the strength of simultaneous action mechanics because there's so many different ways you can incorporate them to, to drive a game. What are the simultaneous decisions meant to keep some information private that comes out later and your actions are based on trying to figure that information out or if it's used you know, like in the game of diplomacy to try to make it so there isn't anything credible you can say before you make your choice and so you're, you're really playing who do you trust and you're playing this, this trust game so it's so much for variability whether it's seeding the later actions in the game or if it's leading up to be the action of the game interesting yeah Actually, just a little while ago, finished playing a game of Subterfuge, which it's an app game, if you're familiar with it. It's similar to Diplomacy, but the main difference being instead of simultaneous action selection, it's a very slow real-time game. So you choose actions and they take effect 10 minutes later, but your actions take 10 to 15 hours to complete. But um, that difference really changes the, the amount of stress in the game. So I think the simultaneous action selection in Diplomacy, while uh, stressful and backstabbing, the, the turn nature of it kind of restricts that a bit. Miller, you have anything to add for a definition of simultaneous action selection? Well, the, the way I view it is that, you know, you, you and whoever you're playing against all select what you plan on doing that round, that turn, or whatever. Lay your card face down, and then you either go around in a circle and reveal and do your actions or they all are flipped over at once i personally edge more towards they're flipped over at once and then you get to see what everyone picked uh there is a game that just shipped out to backers on kickstarter that i can't think of the name of that uh essentially applies this where you know you you flip you put down your three actions for your round and you flip over the first one you uh, reveal and resolve the second and then the third and 
you don't know what's going to happen for that third action between your first and second with what everybody else is doing, which this is one of the reasons I love this mechanic is because you can completely get screwed over because you could use your third action and do nothing with it because there's nothing to do. Or you could happen to plan it out perfect and get your you get your action that you really wanted on that third turn because everybody else did what you thought everybody else was going to do. And it's really cool how he, I mean, that sounds like a sort of programming game, sort of like Robo Rally. It, am I getting the gist correct of the Kickstarter game you mentioned? Yeah, it, it kind of does have that Robo Rally feel to it, but it's played on a very smaller scenario, very smaller board. Where Robo Rally, you can get stuck going around in a circle and not being able to do anything. This one, there's almost always something you can do because each corner of the board has a special ability along with it. So even if I end up being on the complete opposite side of the board from you, I still have the ability to at least do something. Interesting. Just, I guess that's a lot of... uh genre where the simultaneous action really makes sense where you're programming things and it's almost two things that are really pushing towards this chaos both the simultaneous action where you don't know what everyone else is doing and also the queuing up of the actions it's two things going towards the same way well the great thing about simultaneous actions you don't necessarily ever have to work it out that people knew what people do with the actions. I mean, there's a lot of games, social deduction games, where you can set up simultaneous actions so you don't know what people did. I mean, resistance is the classic example where people make their decisions, they make them at the same time, but you don't know who did what. And so you're using the simultaneous action there to create the, well, I mean, the tension of the decision, but also to create the unknowns that people are going to argue about and try to figure out based on people's behavior. Austin, welcome. I didn't know we could actually have five people in here, so that's great that this is working. <laughs> Wonderful. Hi. Hello, everybody. My name is Austin Smokewitz. I'm the other half of Dr. Wits, along with uh, Aaron, who you just been listening to. So that'll work for a definition. Um, and we've already gone into a couple of examples, but does anyone want to bring up anything else? I'm, I've got the board game geek list here of the top ranked games with simultaneous action selection number one of course gloomhaven which i haven't gotten to play yet twilight struggle at number four as simultaneous action it also lists scythe which i've only played scythe once but the are they just referring to the combat system i don't think there was any other simultaneous action selection in scythe is there i don't think there is uh, then we have blood rage food chain magnet seven wonders so with the drafting um race for the galaxy El Grande, Roll for the Galaxy, and Spirit Island is the top, however many I named, 10, I assume. Um, any any favorites or anything anyone wants to add? I think that Spirit Island is quite notable in that list. I, get, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the only cooperative one. And in that game, simultaneous action plays a completely different role, where it's basically just saying, well, it doesn't matter what order you do things in, so do them whenever you want. Whereas in every other game, there's an element of subterfuge and sort of, you know, not knowing what the other person is doing and guessing and playing mind games. In Spirit Island and other cooperative games, it almost seems, well, just an a way to make things simpler rather than adding something as such. Well, and I'll also point out that Gloomhaven is also cooperative where you're working together. But I think that even though you have, it, it, it comes down to the card play and I haven't played it myself. So I'm not quite sure if everyone is doing it themselves or. Well, with, with Gloomhaven, it's, it's more semi-co-op. Just due to the fact that you don't fully know exactly what your uh, your partner or your team is doing. Again, you're playing a, a group of mercenaries and you're kind of just working together because it just happens to be best for you. Sure, but you're not about to start murderizing each other. Well, well, no, no, you're not about to start murderizing each other, but you don't also know what your opponent, you know, not your opponent, but what your, I, I would say, associate is going to do because they can't come out and say, I'm going to do this to this group of people, so you should go do this to this group of people. It's more like, I have an idea that 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go kind of high on my initiative, but I can't fully tell you what I'm going to do. So with Gloomhaven, it is there to kind of bring in the the stress of making decisions during the action, whereas Spirit Island, the only reason it's simultaneous is just because it's wide open and you can do what you want. It's kind of disingenuous to even call it simultaneous action selection the way we're using it in a lot of other games, but technically it's simultaneous. It is, it is simultaneous because you do reveal everything all at once, including your uh, your enemies. They all get revealed at once, so you don't know, you know, turn order, initiative, whatever. So if you happen to get unlucky and both you and your, your partner go out to the same group. So it's, it's a giant puzzle that you kind of have to work out without actually being able to talk to somebody. So maybe it's actually Spirits Island is the weird one out. And yeah, I don't know why I blanked on Gloomhaven, but um, yeah, in Spirits Island, because you are actually encouraged to discuss everything, I mean, you anyone can choose their actions at any point and everyone's going through these things together, but it lacks the whole secretive action selection, which I guess, even though we've not stated it out loud, I don't think we did, is definitely a part of the simultaneous action selection that not only do you select it at the same time, but also you need to do it secretly. I think that's a good point because that's what gives it a lot of attention is the lack of information, whether it's it's the bluff up to the reveal or if it's the setup that's going to lead later on to an outcome. Without that lack of information, it's more just that we all talked about our decision agreed on it and then did it i'd say the um i i haven't played spirit island so i don't know exactly how it works out but it sounds like maybe spirit island isn't actually simultaneous it's just free form um because no one performs their actions at the same time right or is there a phase where you have to choose what you're doing um i think you're pretty much right i mean in theory you could do things at the same time but it's basically just, okay, you all choose things in any order and you're going to discuss the entire turn in practice and then you do things in whatever order you choose. And so as you say, it's maybe freeform action selection, which isn't actually a category on BGG. That's the other issue, the restriction of there's only so many categories they have and not really the nuance of language that we have in the real world. Any other uh, examples anyone wants to bring up? Well, I got a question about this because uh, my wife and I play Raptor a lot, which again is simultaneous selection, but it's based off whatever happens is based off of what cards you play. So you may not get the, you know, the reward for what your card says because they played, you know, a lower amount and you only get to move your pieces. How does that fit in? Because the way that we've been talking is that they all kind of feed off of each other. Like, you know, we do an action, we do an action, where this kind of determines your action. You get what I'm saying? Are you talking about the fact that different people's actions affect what other people can do? For example, Race for the Galaxy, the, you know, way that other people can leech off things. Um, not fully Race for the Galaxy-like, because the way that Raptor is set up is that if you and I play like a six and a nine, uh, the person who got the lower amount gets their special ability on their card, where if you played the higher amount, you subtract the nine and the six, so you get three movement action. I think that still works as simultaneous action selection, but there's... I mean, it feels also kind of like a um, a blind bid, which is sort of a version of simultaneous action selection, though the action is just bidding. But um, I cannot remember the name, but there's a game where everyone simultaneously chooses the action they want, and then they all reveal, and anyone who chose the same action as anyone else, that action gets cancelled. Which sometimes is bad, because you wanted that action and got cancelled, but that can also be used defensively to try to cancel someone's action if you know they're going to go for it. So there's, I think it still fits into simultaneous action selection. There's just different ways that things can can come out. Like sometimes you're stuck in the action that you chose. Sometimes you can make a lot of choices after choosing your action. It's a very broad category, I think, in different games take it very different directions. Well, and that's the fun. I mean, I really like thinking very carefully about 
what is the purpose of having the simultaneous action in the game? Because since it can do so many things, is it really there to serve a purpose or is it there? You no, know, sometimes people just put it there because maybe they're lazy, maybe not, but it's something where if you're going to use it, why are you using it? I, I think a big thing about that, um, why are you using it, is I is AP, essentially. It should be able to cut down on analysis paralysis if we're all choosing at once, right? I don't have time to sit back and be like, well, you know, you know, Aaron did this and Austin did this and Bez did this, so let me, you know, take five minutes to pick my move now to make sure, you know, they can't interfere with me the next turn. And I guess, you know, something like between two cities, even though there's no secrecy there, would you guys still call that simultaneous action or not? I haven't actually played it yet. I've had it for a while, though. Anyone Anyone else? Have not played it. Well, because I was just thinking, but with the whole between two cities, basically everyone draws some tiles and then you decide, okay, which of these two tiles, which one should I use for my left city, which one for my right city? And it's kind of, maybe that goes into freeform action, like we said, kind of like that Soul Spirits Island, where there is genuinely open information and you kind of actually discuss with your neighbours which city you're going to put it into. But it's simultaneous in that everyone's doing it at the same time and it just speeds everything along, as Miller said. Are they, when you choose the tiles, are they are they chosen face down and then you reveal? Or do you just pick it and show it, and therefore your neighbor could see that if you did it before they did, and they could get information which could be beneficial or detrimental depending on which neighbor? Oh, your your neighbors see it because there's in in some way there's meant to be a little bit of discussion there as you're picking which tiles because sometimes your neighbor will want one of the two that you picked to go up to go into their right city, your left city. Whereas you looking at your right city figure, no, it's better to go over there. So there's no element of trusting your neighbor there. It's you say you're gonna reveal a building and you do, and then they know you reveal the building? Well, no, it's it's more like you, everybody reveals the buildings, but then there's a little bit of time for discussion as to where those buildings go. So, and that's, you know, and there's supposed to be a little bit of I'll scratch your back, I'll, you'll scratch my back sort of thing as, as, you know, people get their tiles, but you have to balance both of your cities and everybody has to balance both their cities. So at some point you can't, in order to win, you don't just dump all of the good things into one city. You have to balance them out. So there will be some things, there will be some times where you will look at your neighbor and say, no, I, I would really like you to put that park into this city. And they're like, but my other one could really use that park more than this one. All right, so it's it's similar to what I was talking about earlier with Race for the Galaxy. You're choosing an action which limits you, but you're not strictly stuck doing a certain thing. You have options later when you resolve the action. Well, it, it's still sim- I mean, it's still it, these city tiles action selection, but they but they but it is simultaneous action selection, but it it slowly trickles out. So you don't know you get it randomly, and you don't know what's coming next down the line so it's not like you have a menu to choose from but you do have uh you are given a pair of tiles and one's going to go to your left one's going to go to your right and you can look at your neighbor to the left and see the two that they got and then your neighbor to the right and see the two that they got and try to put together some sort of collection that is best for you more so than them and that's where kind of the, the back and forth and the negotiation gets into um but I do want to loop back on a point about the the idea of simultaneous action selection lowering the AP. And I don't necessarily think that's exactly the case because if we go back to that Raptor example, part of the simultaneous action selection is this idea that you should have some idea of what your partner, about what your the other players could be selecting. And all the all the simultaneous part does is put that time pressure on you to make a decision so you don't you're not like the last person on the board but you still have to consider what everybody else has in their hand and what they could be doing to you and what you could be doing to them when you make your choice so i think that simultaneous action 
and freeform action selection, if that's what we're going to call Between Two Cities and Spirit Island, I think they have the massive advantage that there's, okay, maybe people still take time to select their moves, but everyone's able to think about stuff at the same time. I mean, okay, it might be the case that me and my two neighbours, we decide our two cities in five seconds, and across the table someone takes two minutes, which would be a bit annoying, but more realistically, we're going to take about 30 seconds, they might take 45 seconds, and that's of course loads better than having to wait for it to go around the table. And I think that's just a massive advantage that you don't have to wait for the turns to go around. I think that's simultaneous. I mean, like you said, it saves time because people are working at the same time. But it also, it limits the decision space to a degree because you can try to think of what your opponents might do, but you don't have the full information of what they did do in other situations. But I'd say besides an actual game timer, nothing can truly limit analysis paralysis from happening. So there's there's only degrees of helping it. I don't necessarily think it limits decisions. It, it depends where you're using it in the game. If you're using it as the conclusion to what something's being led up to, okay, it's limiting. But, but there's times too when you can use it as driver of the larger discussions. If you're playing something like uh, our prototype bookies and betters, people all at the same time make the decisions which horses they're going to move in a round. And then they pull them down. After that, that's what leads to the larger thing. Because then that's when people are getting out and that's when they're all talking to each other, just trying to figure out what everyone's doing. Because the thing that wins in the game isn't whether their horse gets across. Because they don't have a particular horse. It's being the one that figures out before everyone else which horses, which chariots, are going to finish in first before everyone else vision, which was going to finish in last before everyone else fi- figures it out. In that example, so the action selection is simultaneous, but then there's discussion after the actions are revealed. Is that how, how it works? So the actions are setting up a, a betting situation because everyone puts in their information in the race and then you take bets. And the way the bet, betting system works is that uh, you make money as long as you correctly identify where a horse finishes. It doesn't matter if the horse finishes in seventh or it finishes in second. Just the way the bet works, you can bet where or not a horse finishes in seventh or higher or third or higher. So you can take a bet in any position. So it's the information seeding the information in the game. And the game is really about the betting that takes a place trying to solve the information that was created by that secret, simultaneous bit of information put in at the start of the round. So is the game about being the fastest to figure out where horses will place? If you can more accurately figure out the information before other people figure it out, when you make your bets, they will make the wrong prediction. And so you will take, they'll take a bet with you that will lose the money and you'll make money. Interesting. How can we use simultaneous action selection in designs? We already talked a little bit about how it could possibly be used to limit analysis paralysis, though it could also bring up long periods of debate and discussion, which may or may not be uh, analysis. They could just be part of the game. Um, So what are some ways that you can use it in game designs? Let's see, Austin, I made a checklist about this before we even started recording. Austin, you want to go first with that? (laughs) Wait, do I have this checklist? (laughs) So one reason to use a simultaneous design is you're trying to purposely create a bluffing situation. You're trying to put people where they're looking at each other, they have a set of actions, but the best set of actions is depend on what the other person's doing. Since you have to make that call at the same time, you're in the stare down and you're making these, trying to make these strategic moves to try to fake them one direction or try to convince them in that direction or, or you have a threat that they have to worry about when they're making their decision. I mean, that's, that's definitely one aspect of it. I really enjoy the, the ability to bluff and then double bluff and triple bluff. And this is where analysis paralysis can come right back into it when you have to outthink your opponent outthinking you. I'm going to go back to Race for the Galaxy again, because you can really get the biggest benefit out of your turn if you can correctly guess what your opponents are doing, because you get to also do their actions, and you can maximize your turn by guessing correctly. 
and that other game that I mentioned that I cannot remember the name of, it's something about spaceships, I'm pretty sure. But if you correctly guess, you can cancel your opponent's action or correctly avoid getting your own action cancelled. And out of Gears, it's almost like a... Um, well, I don't want to say Prisoner's Dilemma because it's not really that, but yeah, basically you've got a bunch of places where you can go to collect points, and if more people go to the most lucrative place, then it'll get massively split, whereas if you go for the second or third best place, then by having exclusive ownership over that, then you get it. And Out of Gears, along with Fruit Bandits by Ian Vincent, I think they make an entire game out of just the um, yeah, simultaneous action and nothing else. And I think it shows that that whole bluff and that whole Yomi, as Dave Serlin calls it, it's got such a massive space. But you have to be careful with this because you're, you have to make sure when you create this type of scenario that there are lots of paths because this easily could be rock, paper, scissors. And rock, paper, scissors is a great game for solving things quickly, great things for game for um, introducing the, the idea that here's a simultaneous game, no Nash equilibrium, goes in circles. But after you've played a few times, it starts running out of those meaningful decisions. So that's, that's a challenge. You always have to think about creating space to maneuver while still having that bluffing element and still having a feeling of a pathway beyond just the initial I have rock, you have scissors, I get to smash your scissors. Well, as soon as you've got asymmetry in no payouts, if rock pays you a hundred and everything else pays you one, then suddenly you've got, you know, different mind games and you've got something to actually base your consideration of what the other person's going to do and it's kind of like the whole bluff in cockroach poker i wasn't too keen on the royale version when i first played it but then i realized that having that asymmetry of potential where the royale gets you one more animal which is a penalty point i think just purely by having asymmetry of payouts it can, you know, mean that you get an insight into what would your opponents want to do, and then it becomes more about playing the mind games rather than playing randomly to be optimal. Well, and this is where you can really build on uh, what gives you your simultaneous actions. So Dr. Witz has a prototype called Cattle Car, and a big part of Cattle Car is you are expanding the workers in your town. In your, in your ranch that you use to help you move cattle to town and get cattle to Chicago. And your decisions are being made simultaneously as the other ranch player in the game. And you're building up new actions in your hand. So even though it's a simple two cards, simultaneous actions, when it's a play, you're spending all this time strategically hiring people to work for you, which gives you more actions, and countering that hire in anticipation of future actions. So you can really expand the space by giving people the ability to change their actions and then suddenly strategically focus on what actions do I want to be able to do in response to potential actions my opponent can engage in. I've had a chance to play test that probably two or three times at this point. And, and the one thing is, is a, that your opponent also knows that what you pick up in that in you know the town after you get like a certain number of, of gold or victory points i forget exactly but your opponent can see you pick up the sheriff or the rancher or you know the the milkman so your opponent also understands that this card is a potential for me to come out but they can also them personally can also go into the town and you know hire somebody else that can help counteract that or make it better for them so when it when it comes to that aspect of like that that your game in particular the simultaneous action grows it doesn't it, it doesn't stagnate where as i'm dealing with mine right now which is a baseball game mine stagnates because there's only really two things you can do you can either swing or you can not swing or you can pitch a ball or you can pitch a strike so i had to take a cue from you guys a little bit and add a little bit more to help out that simultaneous selection 
by adding players that you draft at the beginning. So your opponent doesn't know that you have these extra abilities that build off your simultaneous selection. You, you mean I can't throw a curveball? <laughs> I Okay, so I originally wanted to do this whole like curveball slider thing, and it became this very long problematic game in my head that if I knew if I couldn't get it out of my head, a person who plays and umpires and watches baseball religiously, it's going to be hard for the average board game player to get it. And we're all going for a certain uh, crowd when we make these games, right? And for me, my crowd is the average person who goes to a ball game. The average person who goes to a ball game is not going to understand that I have to roll, you know, a D8 or, you know, yeah, a D8 to figure out if my pitch, you know, comes in. So I wanted to simplify it, and that's when I made it simultaneous selection with the, you know, swing, don't swing, strike, fall, and then adding player power or, you know, certain player powers. And I got that specifically from, you know, you guys doing a completely different way with your whole this is this is the town yeah you might start off with these couple of cards but you're able to get these cards that help you out and kind of break the game a little bit in your favor well thank you you're welcome (laughs) yeah that's that's a bit humbling (laughs) yeah um no but i again you guys have been doing this a lot longer than i have i've i i've been in the hobby for four years now so for me, it, it's kind of just it's it's a bucket list thing just to get the game to unpub, which we were just at, and, and that's it. I'm not looking to get it published or anything. But you guys and a whole bunch of other people that I could I could rattle off have been massive influences in my design and not only my design life, but also what I see for when I scout for publishers now too, because I now have a complete affinity for what you guys do, just due to the fact that. I now understand how hard it is to come up with what seems like a simple concept, but make it feel simple. And and I think simultaneous selection helps a helps a a deep process feel simple. It it helps this idea that I want to do all these things or I want to do a certain number of things, but I don't fully understand like know how to do it, or I want to, you know. I need to slow myself down because I can only focus in on, you know, one or two moves ahead and not 50 like you could in like TI4 where you could, you could plan your entire game out in TI4 and it may get messed up where when we play simultaneous selection, you have to focus in on the now and you can't, you can kind of go into the future, but you, you really have to focus in on what am I playing with now. Yeah, it can become a much more tactical game instead of strategic. Let's let's talk about different uh, implementations of simultaneous action. So a couple that we've kind of hinted at are drafting, and there was another one that I'm totally blanking on now. Programming? Yes, program movement. Thank you. <laughs> or programmed, I guess, programmed action, which is it tech, Is it the same? It depends on how far out into the future you're, you're looking. Yeah. yeah, like Robo Rally is simultaneous action selection, right? Everyone chooses their moves together and then it's revealed bit by bit, right? I guess ultimately, however you're doing the simultaneous action, you need to have some way of showing it. So whether that's actually writing it down, like you do in Diplomacy, or whether it's selecting from one of a bunch of cards, like you do in Drafting. And then, of course, the Drafting might not be, you know, it might be replenished, like in Race for the Galaxy, where you're just choosing one of however many cards and you get the same choice every turn. Or it might be that it's kind of personal drafting, kind of like Robo Rally, where the drafting isn't anything to do with the other people, but you're not going to get the same few choices every single turn. And so, yeah, it seems like either you're choosing from a bunch of cards, different choices, or the same choices. That's one way of thinking about it, I guess. That's interesting. I guess they all they all are types of drafting. Is drafting really the only kind of simultaneous action selection when you get down to it? Or is drafting and selecting an action just the same thing with different words? I, I, you, I don't, drafting is not the only one because there are times you get dealt out cards and that you can't, you know, you can't draft what you're dealt and you can only play with the hand you're dealt. Whereas if I draft, I know what I'm getting, you know, I, for magic or, or dice or Yu-Gi-Oh or any of these CCGs that, that I play, 
I can I can draft all the car you know I can draft all these cards and I need to know how to implement that but it's also a random implementation by the end of the day because you shuffle up your deck and you 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 play with what you're you're dealt whereas like a game you know a, a game like I can't think of one off the top of my head but essentially a game where you where you're dealt out your action you know actions they can all be different actions and you play them you reveal them and then you utilize them is completely different than say a draft cult express that's the one now i was going to say we have a postcard game from bunshide called funky town and it's a it's a short little race game where you're trying to be the first person to funky town and you have four different choices you can make in terms of movement but that movement's a sound tangent reveal because it has a bit of a programming element but it's it's you trying to make the right move in response to what someone else is doing so if they know exactly what you're doing then then there's no chance that a particular person get ahead but since they don't know what you're doing you have the ability to bluff your way through and i don't think that's being drafting i think that's just as being a situation where you're creating a space for bluffing by pre-committing to an action right because i and that that kind of segues into uh, again this feels like i'm looping back but uh one of those things on the check mark about what why it is that you have you know simultaneous action in your selection in your game to begin with is that one of i know that most players don't look at it this way but one of the things you can look at simultaneous action selection as being is an opportunity for player discussion is that it there when you add this element to your game there becomes an a slightly undefined period of time where players are slightly unbound from the rules while they're making their selection and i feel like that's a great opportunity for players to uh, for players to interact with each other, whether it just be as simple as you know what I'm going to play, and then and then you never say another thing as you select your card, but it, it's the it's an opportunity, or or even opportunity to cooperate. I mean, diplomacy is all about talking before your your decision in an effort to potentially cooperate with each other. So it can be both for bluffing but also for the act of cooperating within a game right well it can go both ways because if you look at robo rally you know you can you can tell your opponents hey i'm going after flag number two and i'm almost going to get to flag number two but then you know aaron and austin can look at you know look at each other and be like okay so you know austin you're you're the closer one to to bump miller out of the way uh, do you think you can, you know, get in his way and bump him off that, you know, that second flag? So it could it could open up anywhere from a, a very competitive game to becoming a essentially a semi co op for at least a round or two. And that's a very interesting point. Like, um, how often do do any of you guys play Race for the Galaxy often? Because uh, I've played it. A few times, but not to the extent of really getting deep into it. But I'd have to wonder if at any level of play, players before picking their actions start to actually talk to each other about what it is they're going to do. <laughs> Though I don't I don't think that happens. I, I have never had that happen in a game with real people. I've been playing a lot against the AI since the app came out, which is wonderful. But yeah, I've I've never had discussion happened during race for the galaxy but it's possible right i I don't believe the rules are against it maybe you should in your next face-to-face game give it a try see what happens i think the whole thing would fall apart because of the distrust right but you're adding a whole new element to it now you're you're adding this potential of distrust or even this this potential of trust to a game that i i've seen played i played it once and it's a lot of kind of I don't want to say, uh, you know, multiplayer solitaire. It, it isn't, but... It's close. There's minimal interaction, especially in the base game. Right, and that's how I feel when I look at that game, but you could open that up now to be like, hey, I'm about to play this card. And I know you could feed off of that card, especially the person who's in last place might take you up on that. Or the person who's in first place might be like, oh, you're playing that card. I could get ahead a little bit more if you play that card. So... Or indeed, you could get into a whole, hey, I'll do this if you do that, and we can feed off each other situation. And 
then you get into, well, that's the beauty of diplomacy with the simultaneous action there. I, like, I really like that that act of discussing and making deals and whether or not you can even trust people, especially when they're not enforceable deals. But I think specifically with Race for the Galaxy, I wonder if the game itself is too short for that to really play out well, because it's it usually end, it ends when you get 12 cards in front of you or the victory point pile is empty, which comes up pretty quickly, usually around 30 minutes if you have players that are on top of the game. So I wonder if to, um, to really build off deal-making and backstabbing and all of that, you would need a longer game so that you can have time to build up agreements and break them and have those cycles that I, I don't know if a short game really lends itself to that. Again, I don't think the time length matters. It matters how many rounds you have in the game. True, true. I mean, I made deals at four sale, and four sale is like a 10-15 minute game. You can you can do it. Like like Austin said, it's it's not a it's not a time limit thing. It's definitely a round thing. If you play a game that's three rounds, you're not going to be able to get it done. But if you play a game that's anywhere from you know ten rounds, it it can happen. And you also want to factor in repeated play. You know, if you're playing a game over and over again, even if the game's short then you still could have those sort of deals taking place because of multiple games. All right, so we've gone over a bunch of reasons to have simultaneous action. You can get bluffing in. You can get interesting deal-making. What are, what are some places that you think simultaneous action would be a mistake to use or examples where it was added to a game possibly to solve a problem that it didn't actually need to solve or any any other mistakes in using simultaneous action any game about trading in the mediterranean does not need simultaneous action unless you're talking about the bluffing i mean when you are bidding i mean there's a question of how much simultaneous actions you need to be a simultaneous action game and i think um yeah guys talked about um bidding and you've got that in modern art but you wouldn't call that a simultaneous action game but by the same token in all sincerity yeah if you're bidding in a trading in the mediterranean game why not because i feel like like modern art's more of like an auction bidding game where i mean if you ever you go to an auction yeah you have people that simultaneously raise their hands or whatever but somebody is a you know bound to win that out whereas simultaneous selection necessarily doesn't mean there's always a winner and a loser in that round so maybe a problem with simultaneous action you know getting back to chris anderson's question is basically just um that it can be a bit lacking in theme and that maybe there's some it feels a bit technical is that what you're saying uh, not a bit technical, but I think if you're going for more of like a heavy Euro style game and something that doesn't need to be quick, it's not going to work. If you're, if you're doing something like pick up and deliver or anything like that, there, you, you don't want to do everything simultaneously. You kind of want to see what your opponents are doing. Because if I, if I sit there and I'm, I'm sitting at port or whatever, and I, and I pick up items from my port, if, if there's three of us there, and and we all pick up from our port at the same time two of us are kind of out if we do it simultaneously whereas if you want that more broader wide open free-flowing market you're going to let people pick what they do on their turn maybe riffing off what you're saying just there maybe simultaneous action leads a bit more to chaos and so if we bring it down to two-player abstracts games for example if you've got any simultaneous action or, you know, that brings in a lot of unknowns. Whereas if you remove that, if everything is purely turn-based, then it can be a, you know, full information game and it can be a lot more strategic maybe by virtue of having to take turns for everything. Right. So, so the question is, what do you want your game to be in that point? Do you want your game to be this kind of semi-chaotic thing? Or do you want this to be a more free-flowing, however, whatever one person does can affect the other person, but they still have options? Mm. Yeah, great point. That's what I was going to say. The um, I think the chaos is directly related to how much you actually interact with your opponents. So in your trading in the Mediterranean, if two people can choose the same port and it doesn't affect the other one, they both get the full value then I don't think the simultaneous action 
really changes that. But where like Robo Rally, that's pure chaos once the simultaneous action gets in and everything is messed up. So I think it depends on how much you actually interact, whether or not it'll cause chaos. And sometimes it can just be used if if there's no benefit to anyone going first. Sometimes it can just be used to shorten game time. Although, as we talked about earlier, that doesn't always work depending on the situation. It might be that there's no denial or no blocking or anything. It might just be a case of what goods do you want to trade for? And then everyone puts it down at the same time, as you say. To really get a lot of the benefits of simultaneous mechanics in the game, I mean, the stuff that we've really enjoyed, now the reason you put it in the game is you're trying to have a decision that's altered by people doing things at the same time, or you're trying to seed things quickly to create a story later on. If you aren't trying to do those sort of things, it's just a gimmick that could make your game just harder to teach and run. I think like we were saying earlier with Spirit Island, um, though it may technically be simultaneous action selection, that doesn't matter. That's just kind of what it falls into because of the freeform nature of it. So if you don't have some reason for the simultaneous action, it isn't really a simultaneous action game. And I think that Dr. Vic um, is absolutely right, that you are making it potentially harder to teach. And also, it might be sometimes when you take your turn, you kind of want a bit of an audience. Even if it's not a performative game like a party game, sometimes you just want people to be looking at you and saying, oh, wow, you managed to get... 12 goods on this turn when I only got nine. Well done. Or, oh, wow, you got all the way across that board. And there's a nice um, flow to a game when you take a turn and people can correct what you got wrong, potentially. People keep you right. And you get that whole being the center of attention and showing off what you're doing within the safe space of the game. And yeah, I absolutely agree with Dr. Vix that why lose all of that unless there's going to be a real gain for it? I think building on that also there's, uh, this is more with simultaneous action than the action selection, but there's a lot of potential for rules mistakes with new players and the potential for cheating if you're playing with a terrible person who wants to cheat. If people are doing things at the same time and you're not paying attention to someone on their turn like you do in other games, you can you can catch a lot of mistakes where if everyone's busy doing their own thing, there's a lot of potential for missing things that could warp the game in some way. Yeah, and let me, and I'll throw this one out here, that it feels like um, uh, you want simultaneous action selection if the actual actions are rather simplistic. If you have a game where you find that all of your actions are rather, by themselves, are rather big and complex, then simultaneous action selection is probably not the right mechanic to use for the very same thing, for the same reason, for the very reason you just talked about is that if everybody's actions are so complex that there's no way to really get a handle of what anybody else is doing on the board, then that's not the right mechanic for your game. All right, well, we are just about out of time. Is there anything else about simultaneous action selection anyone wants to throw out there before we close this up? I'd like to, I think we should maybe mention that, you know, it is such a close cousin to real-time games and something like Escape or anything where it might actually be a race to get the think chosen first or you're not only selecting your option at the same time but you're able to choose your second option and third option while someone is still thinking about their first potentially but i think it was aaron who said that are so different and i absolutely agree that you know it's just interesting to note the similarities that are there between this and you know these kinds of games um, I guess the the one point I'd like to point in put in is that while we did mention that uh, we talked a little bit about the idea of simultaneous action selection being bringing a bit of chaos to your game, I, w- I just want to point out that Robo Rally is designed to be chaotic, and they use the mechanic for it to be chaotic. But the mechanic can also be used in such a way that players have a sense and and have an idea of what the other players can potentially do. And so in that way, it's not chaos because you're going to project 
the other players plans into what you think they're going to do and now you're making decisions based off of what you think they're going to do and know that they're capable of doing so that so you know the game becomes more about that decision element as opposed to just chaos yeah they they lend really well to games that at their heart it's based about information and if you get that information first or correctly then you're able to to forge ahead and, and that gives them a lot of their strategic elements is it's who's good at figuring out information or the other way around hiding information i think we can just break it down into what what your game what you want your game to be more like do you want it to be more of this free-flowing type game then you probably really shouldn't put simultaneous action selection in there do you want it to be anywhere from robo rally chaotic to to more of this uh, cut down of you know cards in your hand to knowing what your opponent has to against what you have if that is kind of where you want to be then simultaneous action may be the way you should go but if you're just adding it to add it because your game's not kind of flowing properly then don't I mean, don't, but either that or, you know, if you add it, take something else out. All good points. All right, let's go down the line and everyone can give some contact info online. And if you want to mention any projects you're working on or any cons you're going to, although con season is kind of slowed down for the moment. Uh, Miller, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SportsGuy3125. Um, cons, probably not going to any others this year. I may be at Origins, not entirely sure yet. Um, projects I'm working on, I'm working on a game currently titled Let's Play 2. It's a baseball uh, simulation game. We'll see how far that gets. Hopefully, we'll be ready for Unpub next year. Um, but if you have any other questions or anything you want to hit, uh, you know, talk to me. Find me on Twitter, SportsGuy3125. And Bez? Okay. Um, yeah, on Twitter, you can find me at StuffByBez. On Instagram, at StuffByBez. Facebook, I you can't put the F&B next to each other, so I'm Facebook.com slash ThingsByBez. But if you search for StuffByBez, that's me. And... Yeah, just now I'm about to get together Kitty Cataclysm and a second edition of Wibble Plus Plus, which are going to be released in shops on 1st of August. And with regards to cons, there's a whole bunch. They are pretty much all in the UK until Essen. But yeah, if you go into my Facebook, you can see everything I'm going to. And Austin. Right. So uh, it's uh, we're on Doc. Uh, so Aaron and I, we are Dr. Wits. You can find us online at dr.wictz.com. You can also uh, tweet us at at drwictz. And of course, you can find us at Facebook at Dr. Wits Board Games. Uh, we are also ready and going to Origins. Okay, and Aaron had to step away, but thank you all for joining me. This was a great episode, and I think we got at least partially into a very deep subject of simultaneous action selection. Thank you for hosting us. It was really good. Thank you very much. Yeah, this was fun. I enjoyed it. That's all for this episode. You can find show notes for all episodes at theboardgameworkshop.com. Follow the show on Twitter at the BG Workshop, like the show on Facebook, and join the show's Facebook group to talk about episodes and game design. If you'd like to send in a question, you can email it to questions at theboardgameworkshop.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.